welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Good morning. My name is Zevi, and I am a sexaholic. Zevi. So, uh, yeah, I have not shared my story in quite a while. That's the truth. And... Um, I don't want to get too bogged down in the um, many times when people speak, they all like uh, three quarters of the time is spent on the um, insanity and the acting out and what brought them here. I don't, want to, I don't want to focus too much on that because I think that's the part that we all get, we all know quite well. It's like what happens afterwards that I'm still finding out and learning. But... Um, I will just share briefly, just uh, I, I completely qualified to be here. Um, for me, um, I, I don't ever, re- let, let me rephrase that. I don't ever remember a time where masturbation was not part of my life. So I don't know when that started, but I don't ever remember any part of my life that masturbation was not um, a factor. I could not go to sleep at night without masturbating from as young as I can remember. And um, for me, any... Thing that had to do with the naked body was fascinating. It would just blew my mind again from a very young age, and um, and uh, that was just you know the way the way my entire childhood was. Um, I discovered pornography at eighteen, um, and again it was like <clears throat> my heart stopped. I couldn't believe that there was something called pornography and. Um, I was completely um, taken by, you know, by the power that that had over me. Um, anyway, um, shortly thereafter, um, I discovered um, I discovered uh, adult bookstores and acting out with other people in adult bookstores. And again, my story is very similar to other people. The only uh, slight variation is that my uh, lust is same sex um, with other men, other guys, and um, I remember thinking like, I'm not so sick that I go and cross the gender line. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm more like, I'm, 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 I'm less, I'm less um, perverted, I guess you want to call it, because for me, um, I stay on my side of the street. <laughs> And, uh, and that's how it was. Um, <clears throat> I got married, and um, I was completely sober, completely sober, my entire Shana Rishana, completely. Uh, first full year of marriage, I licked this thing, you know. Now, of course, throughout the whole time, there were the uh, Kabbalists, and there was the crying, and there was the Kaisal uh, trips, and there was... Um, the musr and it was everything else that went with it. 
um, because the bottom line is that I just hated I just hated what I was doing. I never felt good afterwards, uh, but I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. Um, you know, I'm in a dorm room with other people. I'm, I'm masturbating and all that that kind of stuff. Um, after um, after one year of marriage, my my acting out just took a complete nosedive, and I started with phone sex. Phone sex. I started cruising. I started hooking up with anonymous people. When I say anonymous, I mean I couldn't even see their faces. Anonymous. Um, and I started going to gay bathhouses. I was like blown away by the fact that uh, that there are establishments that are just dedicated to seeing how much sex you can get. And I couldn't. I just. I. I. It just. It was like it took my breath away. The bottom line is that on the outside, I was uh, learning. I was learning in curl. I was giving. Um, I was giving little talks to to, to younger guys um, about uh, holiness and stuff. Uh, and then, and then on the other side, this is what I was doing, and um, just a few things that really struck out at me were like, if I knew my wife was going to be go away for in two weeks from now, the whole two weeks, my body was shaking, just shaking, shaking with anticipation of of my ex- escapade I'm going to do, and um, and that's exactly what I did. Um, the, the last two times that uh, my wife was away for the night, she had a wedding, and um, I went to a different city to act out in a, in a gay bathhouse. And, um, and um, as soon as I finished acting out, I ran out. I literally ran out, um, screaming at myself, like, what the hell's wrong with you? What are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. I'm driving home. It's over an hour drive. And I'm 15 minutes from my house, and the thought comes to me, like, hey, it's only 11 o'clock at night. I still have plenty more time. And I literally found my arms turning the wheel around and going back, stopping for gas on the way. I had plenty of time to stop. And telling myself, don't go. Literally saying, don't go, don't go, don't go. And um, I'm back there. I'm back there because I paid for 12 hours. You know, I only used three. So um, going back there and acting out again and just completely, I had, I, had, I had a sense at that point of completely losing control of my body and being aware of it in real time. Um, I also, and I, I need to remember this, um, when I was 21, I had cancer. That didn't stop me from acting out. Um, I had a friend who came over to, to stay with me overnight one night in the hospital and I tried to act out with him. Um, it's four o'clock in the morning, and um, I am ten floors down from my room, you know, hooked up to an IV chemotherapy drip, just looking for something lustful enough to masturbate to. Now, there's no m- pornography in the waiting rooms, but until I found something that was enough to get me high, and meanwhile, my nurse calling security because she couldn't find me, and. Um, I had to be sober six months to remember the story. I couldn't, you know, like, is it makes your life unmanageable. And I didn't, I had a hard time with that part. You know, I didn't think my life was unmanageable. And I needed, it took me six months to, uh, after I came in and was sober, to remember these kinds of stories. Um, so anyway, um, now, the truth of the matter is, and then I, so... So after, I, after that story, that's when I, I finally had the courage to tell my therapist what I was doing. And um, 
And the whole time, like, I was like, I'm not cheating on my wife. In fact, when, when pornography of women would come up, I would say, well, this I can't do to my wife. Right? Having sex with strange men, I have no problem with because I'm has nothing to do with my wife. I'm st- this, is, this is a boy's thing to do. And that's, I really believe that. I really, really believe that. Um, one night, um, my, wi- my, my wife's in Brooklyn, and I'm, I'm in front of a, uh, an acting house establishment and um, waiting to go in, singing goodnight to my son, waiting to hang up so I could go in. And that, you know, two-person... You know, I, looking good on the outside, but on the inside feeling like shit. And, and um, I remember my, my therapist asked me at, at the time, before I disclosed to him, he asked me, how do you feel about yourself? I couldn't answer him. And I remember that night thinking over, well, how do I feel about myself? And I felt like a snake. Like I wanted to shed my skin from my body. I just felt such self-disgust with who I was, you know? And the more people would compliment me on the outside, the shittier I felt on the inside, because that's the Dr. De- Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, instead of two people. Anyway, um, finally, um, I was told to come to SA. And I couldn't, I, had, I was so clueless, I had no idea what AA was, 12 Steps. I could not believe that there were live meetings of other people who did what I did. Couldn't believe it. I just, I stopped fighting at that point. I thought that I'm just gonna, you know, die a dirty old man. That's what, really what I thought. And um, I remember um, just coming in and, and I had no idea, there was so many, I, I didn't know what surrender meant. I didn't know what lust was. People at the end of meetings holding hands, saying these chants. I, 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 there was so much, I, I felt like I, I was dropped into a different country and I had to learn everything from new. And I was coming with a very big brain. I'm a big thinker, and I like to uh, uh, understand everything, and I like to be self, um, self, self-relying, you know. And I was taught that our brains are very important. That's why my brain is on top of my head, because it controls everything. Uh, and there are people who believe that. And I had a very hard time just shutting up and listening, shutting up and listening. The, for me, the more complicated, the better. You know, the more simple, I, I, nothing to dig my teeth into. And, 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 um, but I did listen. I really did listen. And, um, and, uh, the program was like, like fresh air for me. You know, everything was like just fresh air for me. But the thing is, and here's the thing the thing is that for me, sexually acting out was only a tiny part of my story. There's only a tiny, tiny part because I am a whole person. And I, 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 I was so broken inside and could not deal with emotions, could not deal with life, could not deal with myself. I could not deal with myself. See, I couldn't deal with my parents. I couldn't deal with my religion. But the person I couldn't deal with the most is me. And I am always wherever I am. And this brain is always yapping wherever I am, even in my sleep. I can't get a break from myself. And learning to, learning to live with myself. It's like dating myself, almost. It's like learning healthy boundaries with myself. So for me, um, 
it started with coming to coming in and, and, and getting a, a sponsor and working the steps. And what one of the things I learned is I, I came into program and I brought my, my broken thinking. I brought my broken, my broken thinking with me into the program. And the thought was, sure, pray for 40 days and it'll help. Uh, learn for six hours straight without taking a break or coming up for air and that will help. I spoke to rabbis and so did all of that. So for me, my brain told me, okay, so here's 12 steps to do and somehow magically something like, you know, some pixie dust is going to come out and just fix you. And what I learned was that there's actually no magic. It's not magic. And what I learned was, for me, what I learned was it's really very, very, very simple. And that is that for me, I tried to run my life for, I, I came in at 28. I came in when I was 28. Um, I was married for three years. I disclosed to my wife on my third wedding anniversary. And, um, and what I learned was that I was running my life into the ground and I needed to resign. I just needed to resign, which is very hard for me. Very hard for me because I like to understand everything. I'll give over control as long as you first, you know, check everything and then get my permission first. And that's, that's the way I am. And what do you mean? That's how I am, right? No, that's how I am. I can't change that. And what I learned and the, the idea of surrender, um, I am here 11 and a half years and I'm still learning what surrender means. It's, it's, it's not just a word, it's a way of life. And there's always more and more to let go. And what I learned is that if I am running a company and the company's bankrupt, and I call in this expert to say, can you come in and help me turn around this company? He says, sure, I'm gonna come Monday morning to, to, to help you. He comes Monday morning and I'm still in my office and my stuff's all around. He's not going to help me. He's not going to throw me out of my own office. But if he comes Monday morning and I cleaned out my office, he'll come in and he'll fix it. And that's exactly what this program is. I don't know how to fix my life. I don't know how to give the one thing I'm looking for, I always was looking for. I'm just looking for some peace. That's all I'm looking for. I'm not looking for anything more complicated than that. I just want to be able to live in my own skin, to be able to live with myself to have a sense of calm, a sense of calm, not always a tornado of emotions, of feelings, of sensations, of stuff going on. There's always stuff going on. I just want to be able to have some peace. And I, so what do I do is I, I, I create so much chaos in my search for peace. Maybe it's here, maybe it's here, maybe it's that, Robert. maybe it's this type of lifestyle, maybe it's that, maybe it's that. And what I learned is just resign, period. Resign, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. And what will happen is God will come in and do the rest. And that's what this program is about. It's about getting out of my office and cleaning my shit so he could come in and do what he needs to do. That's it. I just need to take a step back. Take a step back. Don't get into the boxing ring. Whether it's lust, whether it's emotions, whether it's 
turmoil, whether it's my brain that yaps, if I get into the rink and start to engage with it and argue with it and reason with it, I've lost the battle. I just need to take three steps back, three deep breaths, and let it be. Let it be. Let what be? Let my thoughts run. Let my, my urge wash over. Just watch it as if I'm going to a zoo and watching some crazy scene going on. I can't engage. I can't lock horns. Because that's what I used to do. Fight it back and forth and back and forth. And then try to control it. So for me, that's what the steps were about. And the thing for me that really helped is just getting through the steps. You know, for me, it's like, and I use this analogy because for me, it's very real. You know, people ask me, how did you know you have cancer? Well, I had pain. I woke up with night sweats. I had fever. It was the summer, 100 degrees outside, and I was shivering with fever. My bones were in so much pain. I couldn't, literally couldn't physically move. I knew there was something wrong with me. I didn't know what to do. I went to an acupuncture. I went to a chiropractor. I went to this kind of doctor, that kind of doctor, until finally, six months later, we found a doctor who told me what the matter was, right? And then he told me what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to go through this round of chemo and that round of chemo. You may, you may, you're for sure going to lose your hair. You may never have children naturally. It's possible, okay? And a host of other things. And I said, sure, sign me up. And, and thank God I, I'm, um, I'm in remission now, I don't know, 14, 15 years. The point is, that I had to come to a place where I know there's something wrong with my life. I know when I'm in front of a bathhouse singing to my son goodnight, waiting to get in, okay? Or when I'm in the city with, hooked up to IV and I can't wait till my parents to leave so I can pull out my IV so I can go act out in the city with no one knowing. There's something terribly wrong with me. I had the symptoms. And I try to figure it out. I can't figure it out. And someone tells me, come to a program where you're going to learn that there's something called a God, there's something called a higher power, he can help you. So I said, sure, sign me up, right? And I say, okay, the doctor says, we're going to have to take a bunch of scans to see what's wrong with you, what's blocking you. Well, that's what step four is. When I finished my scans, I was still dying of cancer. I didn't do a damn thing yet about the actual illness. Step four, for me, all it showed is where I've been blocking the flow of a higher power who can restore me to sanity and live with some peace. No reason. It's a, it's a big milestone, but I'm still dying. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. Step one for me was admit that I cannot do it. Step two is I believe there's a doctor who can help me. Step three is I made an appointment and I show up to my appointment and say, Doc, you tell me what to do. Step four is take this scan, that scan, and this x-ray, and this blood test so we can see what the matter is with you. That's it. Step five, six, seven, eight, and nine is chemotherapy. We're going to get rid of your illness. Your illness is all of you. Wherever I am, God can't be. And I need God to run my life. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. I need to get out of the way, but I am blocking the way because God's a gentleman. He doesn't come where he's not invited and he doesn't stay where he's not made to feel welcome. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. So for me, 
five to nine is the chemo. Getting rid of one thing, me. Fear is me not getting my will in the future. Resentment is me not getting my will in the past. And self-pity is me not getting my will now. And that's what the program is all about. And when I thin... Now, what I would say, Doc, this is crazy. I'm going to lose my hair. I was 21 years old. I was learning in yeshiva. Right? I had to come home from Israel. What's going to be with Shadokhim? Were you telling me I'm not going to be, maybe not be able to have kids naturally? Are you crazy? That's right. And this is so, you know, you're so rigid. You're so intense. And why do we have to do it every two weeks? Maybe we should have spread it out a little bit. Slow it down. <laughs> you know, don't, like, I'm sure there's other ways of doing it. Right? I said, no, no, sure. Whatever you tell me, I have to give myself shots. Do all kinds of crazy things. But you know what? I listened. Yet, when it comes to here, sometimes I think I know a better way or I don't need to do the whole thing. And, and for me, that's what worked. But, and here's the big but for me. And I struggled a lot. I did not struggle in the beginning. I came in, I was desperate. I was dying. I was like dying. I was only dying. I remember... Uh, congratulations on 30 days. I remember my first 30 days. I said, how did you do it? And I said, I am still shell-shocked. I was so, I was shocked into this program because my, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get over this whole thing. I just couldn't. To me, it was crazy. You told me there's a Shabbosim that people come together with their wives. I, I, I couldn't believe it. But for me, the, the challenge, was, and I know that this, this the, the program focuses a lot on newcomers. And that's, that's beautiful. Uh, for me, the challenge was that there was nobody focusing on the old timers. Okay. And that was very, very hard. Because it gets very lonely. And it gets very confusing. And there's stuff that come up after you're here for quite a while. And... <clears throat> And no one's talking about it, or no one has experienced strength and hope. And it doesn't end. The, 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 the process of peeling away layers of the onion keep on going. And I'm peeling away layers, and like I'm looking around, and I don't know who to talk to, and I don't know what to do with this stuff. So for me, the longer I was, I was recovering from, I started to learn that there's more to me than just masturbation. There's more to me than just a sobriety dick. There's more to me than just... Um, talking about lust because I'm, a, I'm one person. I, I'm not the sexaholic, the guy who um, was a poster boy cuddle guy and for 10 years has not been religious at home and does not have to deal with it. The guy who is dealing with unhealthy relationships and boundaries with mother, father, and everything else, the person who has insane messages regarding money, um, there's something called trauma, which doesn't talk, you know, someone like me, I don't have any trauma, right? And, and I was very lost. So what happened was that I went back to the steps and back to the steps and back to the steps and back to the steps. And after a while of... And there's always something to grow. For me, there was always something I gained from it, but it wasn't answering it for me. And I felt lost. And, I, and, and I'm now talking about this stuff, and I don't know what to do with it. And it felt very lonely. So for me, after I was here three years, 
uh, sorry, after I was here a year and a half, okay, this enormous pain started to come up. Pain regarding religion. I could not handle anything that has to do with religion at all. So to me, I completely crashed and burned. And I could not imagine continuing to live with a religious wife, with a religious family, in a religious community. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even fathom it. And many Shabbosim, I would go to the light switch and go, fuck you, fuck you, over and over again. And I was this nice kid. I was never angry. I was never rebellious. I was never, you know. And what is going on with me? It's, I, I didn't know at the time, but it's very simple. It's like, the more the cloud started to evaporate, the more of me I started to see. And the more of me I saw was broken and needed to heal. Some of this stuff came up two, three years later. It doesn't come up right away. If, if, if all my pain would come right away, I would, I, would just, I would just go into shock. I needed to come slowly. So I would go back to the program and back to the program, back to the steps. And what happened was the steps gave me a very strong foundation. I was once working with a sponsor and we went through all 12 steps and he said, okay, you've now finished spiritual kindergarten. Now go and build a spiritual life. He must have told me eight years ago. It wasn't probably till more recently that I really understood what he was saying. And that is, that the, for me, the program is a foundation. It's like the stuff that maybe other people understand intuitively. I don't know. So I need it broken down into bite sizes. I don't know. But it's not the end of the story. It's just the beginning of the story. So I want to talk about the part that I've been struggling the most with, which is the quote-unquote old-timer, whatever that means. Because if you're a newcomer, you're going to get a lot of attention and you're going to get a lot of support and you're going to get a lot of amazing advice which, which saved my life. But once, I'm not sure at what point we, tra- we tra- transition out. You know, there's like, there's like newcomer, then there's like toddlership, you know? <laughs> and then there's like, and then you just kind of fade into the like horizon. Maybe we'll see you, maybe we won't, right? <laughs> and it's like this, like, and that's, that's what happens. And that's what happens. And there's too many of my friends who faded and they, just, they went off the horizon. I, I don't see them anymore. And, and it's like, okay, you've got this already. You can figure it out, you know? And I struggled with this for years and years. And what I learned is that there are other things I need to build on top of the 12 steps. And for me, I know this is a 12-step program, but it's also a design for living. So if I'm just going to have a foundation, I'm going to build a beautiful foundation, a strong foundation, but I never build a freaking building on top of it. I'm just going to abandon the foundation after a while. So I get all excited. I'm digging a new foundation. We're going to build this big, beautiful building, right? We have a big sign. It's still five years later. I'm still building a foundation. And then I wonder why it's losing its steam, why it doesn't talk to me anymore, and why uh, I just dragged myself in and like, okay, I've heard that already 10,000 times. And, and my journey, I'm not, my journey has been, I need to expand. I need to expand, and, the, and, and the, the literature talks about it, 
and encourages it. So I need to do that. So for me, a lot of it was step 11, which is expanding your spiritual world with meditation and conscious content. There's a whole, here's an amazing thing. I haven't found anywhere, I'm not an expert in literature. I don't, I don't quote it verbatim. I haven't found anywhere that talk, tells me how to do it. It tells me how important it is, but no one tells me how to meditate. And this, it's, it's an enormous world. And the reason it's so important is because I'm going through life and I need to learn to surrender even more, to detach even more. My brain does not shut up for one fucking second. And it's with me every second of the day. And I, so here's what I do. Shut up. Oh, let me think about it. Let me think about shutting up. <laughs> How should I shut up? Right? So, <laughs> I cannot pull myself up off this chair. No matter how hard I try. I cannot get my mind to shut up. Because by me trying, I create a greater tornado in my head. And the beauty of meditation is learning how to let go. It's actually the very essence of the program. It's the concept of just letting go and letting God. God can't come in when there's so much noise in my head. One of the things I learned, and I, this is very true for me, God speaks in silence. So when I have so much freaking noise in my head, in my head, I can't, I, I'm not connected. If I'm not connected to the flow, if I'm not connected to the flow of a spiritual energy of God, of a higher power, whatever you want to call it, then I'm, I'm, I'm fucked. I really am in every which way. I really am. So for me, I need, I need to expand my spiritual life. And it's okay to look from without. There's one thing, and I know it's totally not orthodox. That's fine. I feel very comfortable with that. To, to, that helped me so enormously, which is there are some things which block, blocked me from growing further. There are some things that blocked me. It means I could keep undoing the same steps over and over and over and over and over and over again, the same message over and over and over and again, and I'm blocked. I can't go further. And the same way, if I need to use the bathroom and I am agitated, I'm, I'm stuck in the bridge, there's traffic, and I need that restroom, and I can't talk to anybody, I'm not, right? And someone called and says, you know, there's something called a serenity prayer, right? <laughs> Let's do the serenity prayer even though you're about to make in your pants, okay? <laughs> At this moment, what I need is not the serenity prayer. What I need is the bathroom, <laughs> right? It's that simple. If I am missing an arm, right, doing the steps won't give it back to me. There's some things that in my growth, it blocks me. And what I'm talking about, I'm just going to mention it very briefly. It's called trauma. It's called, we, you know, the people are here, I can speak for myself, we're not exactly specimens of mental and emotional health and well-being. Okay? <laughs> and we come with a lot of baggage. I came with a lot of baggage. I came with a lot of wounds, a lot of brokenness that I didn't go, I didn't ask for it, but that's, it, it was destined to be that way. And I needed to heal from that. And the steps gave me a foundation, but a foundation is just a foundation. 
I need to build on that. There's so much out there. It's not instead of. I know people, I've, I've got this back. Some people feel threatened if I bring up, or if I explore something that's not inside the big book or the white book. Well, the big book says clearly, I need to expand. And the reason I bring this up is so important is because, again, it's very nice if you're a newcomer. That's very nice. But what happens after? Okay. What happens after? And I needed to, you know, there are a few guys in this room who've been on that journey with me, but it's almost like we're exploring. We're in uncharted territory. It's like pioneering. And what I found is, what I have found for myself is that what I was always looking for, which is peace and calm, was always right there. It's always right there. It was always here. And I think I'm going to get the sponsor, the rabbi, the religion, the concoction of whatever, that book I'm going to order from who knows where. I'm going to read that book overnight and it's going to transform my life. <laughs> the more I'm just, it's a distraction. It's right here. And the only reason why I couldn't feel it, and there are days that I don't always feel it, is because I have blockages, things that block me. Selfishness blocks me. Resentments block me. Fear, self-pity block me. Yes, trauma blocks me, okay? There are other things that block me. So it's like a flow. It's a flow. That means God is flowing through me at every moment. Even when I'm in the middle of acting out and my pants are down, and we get as graphic as you want, God is still flowing through me. He's stable. Uh, this is what I've learned. God is very stable. He doesn't get threatened if I don't call him for two days. Okay, like some other people that I know, right? So, so if I acted out, or if I did not have such a spiritual day, if I overate, if I was anxious, if I was not calm, God doesn't get affected. He's very, he has a lot of self-confidence. But how can I have a higher power that every time I'm not perfect, he takes it personal? It's insane. I, I can't go to such a higher power. I can't rely on something like that. That's insanity. So I really believe that God loves me and there's not a damn thing I could do about that. I mean, even in my lowest point, God's love is st- hasn't changed one Iota. The only one who's rejecting me is me, not God. Don't blame God for that. Because I can't feel his love. His love is coming through me. But I have blockages, judging, um, negative thoughts, all these things, self-centeredness. My job is one thing. Get a plunger and plunge the hell out of this stuffed toilet. That's my job. Get rid of the gunk. Get rid of the junk. The rest will happen by itself because and all of a sudden, I will be filled with a sense of peace. It's a sense of peace. It's a sense of calm, which is what I was always looking for. Is it going to be... Now, Now I'm a junkie, so I always want to feel peace. I want to feel peace on a very high level, you know? I want to overdose on peace, right? I always want to feel absolutely freaking amazing at every given second. And I need to let go of that too, because that's my brain talking. It just, it doesn't shut up. 
It'll get involved and it'll ruin everything. I just need to quiet it down. So for me, it's just that that's what it has been. And that's what this program is here for. So the 12 steps introduces me to this concept of a higher power, introduces me to the concept of selfishness blocks me, self-centeredness blocks me. Why is service so important? Because I want to be a good Samaritan? That's what I used to think. There's, ma- there's no magic. Because if I'm not thinking about myself, I'm thinking about you, then I've unblocked a little block and God could come in. It's just that simple. It's not magic. It's actually reality. That's how it works for me. So, but here's the thing. I need to do it every day. Because every day, I go back to my factory default settings, which is self-centeredness and block. So I could unblock this toilet yesterday, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. But if I'm not constantly brushing it and cleaning it and getting and, and stepping back away from it and opening it up, it'll get stuffed up very quickly right away. That's just my reality. And that's why I need to do this work as often as possible. Now, it is work and it is a challenge. I hate being human. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Who wants to be human? That I have to do this work every day, that, that there are days I feel like I don't want to look at anybody, right? Yesterday, I was just in one of those moods. I don't want to look at anybody. Someone, a guy from program calls, I take it as like a threat. How dare you call me now while I, while I, don't, while I, I want to isolate? Right? And, and that's the work. That's the, just, just the work. And accepting that too. It's okay. It's freaking okay to be human. Not only is it okay, it's actually perfect. Because that's the, that's the way God made me. So for me, that's been part of my journey. A very small part of my journey. But um, I thank you for letting me share and hope it was helpful. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.